getting to it each year and I just changed the time on the letter and so finally when they said they were going to do a 40 year celebration and I said oh that's it maybe I should give him this letter now since it's going to be 40 years that I've served the department and so I put the date then on the letter and said, now I will go to the Board of Bishops meeting and give him the letter. Praise God. When I went to the meeting, I was suffering with the shingles. I'm still having pain, real pain every now and then. But I said, now I better go and, and give him this while I have a chance to work with somebody else. Praise the Lord and help them to get moving, get started, whatever I can do. And so uh, my family, uh, I hadn't talked with my wife about this in a while and I just talked with her, uh, someday I'm gonna give it up. And so when I showed her the letter, she said, mm, you really gonna do it? I said, yes, this time I think so. But Bishop, I'm at your service. Praise God, I love this church. Uh, it's all I know, and you've given me the greatest opportunity in the world. Amen. I've met governors, I've met presidents, and praise God. The funny part, when I met President Talbot in Liberia many years ago, I didn't know how to represent the church. I'd never met a president in my life, so I didn't know how to address him. Whether I would say, Mr. President, Your Honor, Your Grace, I didn't know any of that, but I said to Jesus, Lord, you know I represent the greatest church in the world, and I don't know what to say to the president. And so uh, it was a time when we were having a struggle about our churches in Liberia, and the brother was trying to take churches from us, and I went there to stop him but I was stopped each way and couldn't get to the president. And finally the Lord sent his cousin to me and said, I hear you're trying to get to the president. And I said, yes. Bishop Clemens had sent a letter to the president and somebody confiscated the letter and he didn't get it. And so here I am in Liberia waiting to see the president and I don't know how to say whatever I want to say, but I learned something. God, God, hallelujah, is the completion of everything you need. His cousin took me to Little Baptist Church because Talbot was a Baptist preacher. He was ordaining some brothers that morning and the brother said, now when you get there, I'm gonna sit you where you'll be next to the president and you can just tell him what you want. 
So he sat me down and the president came in and he sat down just across from me and the lady from Canada handed him a letter. He read it and gave it back to her. And I'm sitting there, I don't know what to say. And I'm saying to Jesus, I represent the church, but I don't know what to say. Praise the Lord. And his cousin sat across from us and he kept telling me, say something, say something. And I'm sitting there, I don't know what to say. Praise God. And here's what the Lord did. Had his cousin get up and walk across the platform and say to President Talbot, Mr. President, this is Elder Moody from the Church of God in Christ in the USA. He needs an audience with you. And the president turns and says to me, Brother Moody, I'm gonna set you up for Wednesday morning and you can come to our place and talk with me. And I looked at that, I said, wow, look at what the Lord did. Amen, look at what the Lord did. And the Lord blessed me to save our churches. Amen, when a brother was trying to change the name of our church. I wanna talk with you just for a few minutes from the word of the Lord. And the thought that I wanna share with you in the day that we live in and the problems that we have, uh, turn to the person next to you and just look at them. Don't say anything. And here's what I want to ask you. How do you see men? How do you see men? I know we look at their dress there. Everybody here is dressed up and looking nice. Praise the Lord. And we don't know anything about what's going on with them. We don't know anything about what's going on in them. We just see the outward facade. And so the question is this, how do you really see men? And I looked at this scripture in the word of the Lord in Mark 8, 22 through 25. And it says, and he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of town. That's a strange thing. And when he had spit on his eyes, put his hand upon him, he asked if he saw aught. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. That's strange. And after that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored and saw men, every man, clearly. And I thought of that that I would share just this few minutes with you tonight. How do you see men? There are two groups of people in the world. Those who have been born again and have eternal life and those who have not been born again and live under the condemnation of the Lord. 
And when you see people, you don't know where they're at. The theme that our bishop has given us says something like we are called to witness uh, to a disturbed and troubled world. Never one of us have to admit that our world is troubled. But is there a deep concern in our hearts for the lost world that we see? I remember some many years ago now, a city called Watertown, Florida. Some of you have been through there. I was with a preacher that wanted to start a church in Watertown, but it was a sawmill little place. And uh, most of the folks who worked in the sawmill, the men left their wives at home and went to this town. And there was a lady that had a liquor place. Praise God. And uh, she sold the men whiskey on the weekends. But we wanted a church in the town. And so the leader said, let's fast and pray because it's us or the tavern. Hallelujah. We used to have that kind of sensitivity. And so he set a fast for 40 days while we preached. I was just a boy preacher then. While we preached every night and fasted every day. One by one, the fellows came and listened to the message. But the big thing was that the woman who sold the liquor in the sawmill town, hallelujah, through the intercession of the saints, through the prayers to God, hallelujah, she got saved. And when she got saved, Bishop Daniel, it closed the bar. And the sawmill owner came to the preacher and said, anybody that could come to a town and preach the word of God to close down a bar, I'm going to give you all of the lumber all of the zinc and all of the nails that you need to build the first church in this town. Hallelujah. And I, I looked at this because when I saw the situations around us, you all talk about going somewhere, but you can't go nowhere if you're afraid. That's right. If you're afraid of what's going to happen to you, stay home. Because whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Yes, yes. Now you don't have to go do something bad, but whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And so if you're sinning, you can't accomplish anything. And so you need to realize, praise God, that if you're going to deal with life, when we take a look at mankind, we must always understand that there are only two kinds of people in the world. And so I looked at the Bible and Here's what I found out, praise God. In our text, this blind fella brought to Jesus 
Everybody knew the man was blind. Jesus wanted to make sure that the man saw other men as he saw them. Hallelujah. And I believe today, Bishop, Jesus wants the church to see men as he see them. We have to look beyond the facade that they have because many times they had a good facade but they're bleeding inside. And I want you to remember this, saints. Your cousin that uh, is a PhD, your cousin that heads a company, your cousin, praise God, that uh, have a little bit of money, Sometimes we forget that our cousin is not saved. You have to admit that. They're good people. They make good money. They give tithe to the church. But they're not saved. And brothers and sisters, we don't want to allow this happen so that people go to hell because of us. Are you listening to me? We've got to come to the place where we don't see anybody's face when we're preaching the word of God. If it's your sister, if it's your brother, if it's your mother, if it's your father, praise God. They're just the kin folks here anyway. And so what you've got to realize is that as believers, how do you see people? When you look at them, praise God, and whatever they're doing, I found this out that there are two walks in the believers. And much of the time, we walk on the low lane. There's a spiritual lane, Bishop shared, and there is a carnal lane. There is a spiritual lane and there's a flesh lane. Hallelujah. And I found out that much of the time as we walk with God, uh, we're in the spirit in church and we enjoy the fellowship of the Lord. And when we leave the church, we jump right back into the flesh. Hallelujah. And the flesh actually controls our daily walk. Did you not know that the God that we serve is God everywhere? I heard the brother on Tuesday morning just give his testimony. Some of us was there and he gave his testimony, a living testimony of the power of Jesus that we used to preach about. Hallelujah. That he's able to change things and people. And I looked at that because in my journey through these years in missions, praise the Lord, one of the things the Lord did for me to go into hot countries, where it's sometimes 110, 118. He took me as a young fella and decided that he wouldn't let me sweat like you all. And so, all of these years I travel, praise God, without perspiring. Now I know they say that if you perspire, you're healthy. But I was healthy for that doing And then the second thing he did for me, praise God, it's fantastic because the brethren and sisters that have traveled with me over the years and stayed in the hotels where I stay and mosquitoes eat them up. 
and I've lived free from mosquitoes all of these years. Hallelujah. I don't know what a mosquito bite is. I hear them in the rooms and and I hear them stop, but they never stop with me. And so I said to Jesus, he fixed me and brothers and sisters, he will fix you. But you've got to make the decision as you look at men, praise God, and realize, thank you Lord, that uh, they're in bad shape. So in Matthew 9, it says, and Jesus went about all of the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them. Hallelujah. Because this was a problem. They were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. When Jesus, after healing, after giving bread, hallelujah, feeding the 5,000, he comes now to Bethsaida and he finds a situation preaching in all their cities and synagogues, he comes to find, praise God, that here is a multitude of people that are like sheep without a shepherd. Number one, they fainted. We've got fainting folk everywhere. So how do you see them? Praise God. Jesus saw what many times we're not looking at. We're not looking at that fellow that the Holy Ghost, Bishop, you walk up to this man and the Holy Ghost in you, her glory will do something in you. You don't know anything about him, her glory, but the Holy Ghost in you will move with you her, to stop what you're doing. In the street, he will stop you her glory, and have you take some time for that individual because down inside the Holy Ghost says he needs you. Hallelujah. Doesn't need your money. Right, right. Hallelujah. But there's a longing down in his heart. Sometimes he's not saved, but he's at that point, praise God, where God is dealing with him or her. And when he's dealing with him or her, he gives you the opportunity to be his mouthpiece, praise God, and speak to the life of that individual so they can get to know Jesus. Hallelujah. So how do you see men? Jesus saw them scattered. Jesus saw them fainting. Uh, in our churches, people are fainting and we have all kinds of programs now. We've got so many programs running out of one ear and all out of the other. We just programmed ourselves out. But programs really are good. But really the deep thing is, is the old fashioned, the old fashioned Holy Ghost experience. Hallelujah. When we got saved 60 years ago, that's a little better than that for me. But when we got saved a long time ago, you come to church and you got saved one night. You accepted Jesus Christ as your savior. Now we laugh at this now, okay? And then they say, come back boy, tomorrow night. 
Hallelujah. What for? The Lord's going to sanctify you. And you, you come back, boy, because the Lord's going to feed you with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And you came back until you experienced the power of God. Sometimes the Holy Ghost came on you so forcibly, forgive me please, that uh, they had to take you out and put you in the car, push you in the car, take you home. Don't nobody now, y'all don't have to like me. Nobody now seem to get the Holy Ghost that will do them like that. Nobody now seem to have an experience with God that shakes them up. Hallelujah. Oh my, we come and say, I accept Jesus as my Savior, and then we start to talk in the language, but hey, there is an experience in God that you need, praise God. When you're on the backside of the woods, there's an experience in God that you need that will sanctify you. There's an experience in God, brothers, hey, glory, that will take the lust out of your belly. There's an experience in God that will help you to live sanctified. There's an experience in God. When you look at men and see how they are, your heart will bleed inside. You cry. I cry many days, praise God. When I I look at the folks and see how they're going and I say, oh my God, you need the help of God. Hallelujah. I'm going to close because I can't finish. Then in John chapter 4 verse 35 Jesus tells us, lift up your eyes. Where are you looking? Hallelujah. Lift up your eyes on the field. The field is the world. And he said, now you look up on the world and see how they're doing. Praise God. They're ready, already for harvest. They need somebody to see their condition. They need somebody to see where they are. They need somebody to see that they're lost and on their way to hell. Praise God. Separated from God. You've got to see that until you be bold enough to go where they are and tell them, number one, Jesus loves you and he doesn't want you to live like you're living now. He wants to change your life. He wants to make a better person out of you. But you've got to lift up your eyes. Hallelujah. And I close with this. When you lift up your eyes, Jesus says he sends us to labor or to reap where we've not labored. The amazing thing is, you can't save anybody. But Jesus paid the price. And he says to us now, you just go and gather them in. You go to the tavern and gather them in. You go where the prostitutes are and gather them in. Hallelujah. I had the privilege one time, and I'm closing, to go into a prostitute place the Bob Stoltz and I, because I worked with drug addicts for a long time, and we wanted to get a picture, a live picture, of somebody shooting up so that we could go to the high schools in our area and show the children the dangers. And so we were allowed to go to this home of a number of prostitutes, hallelujah, and go into their home and uh, they shut the door behind us and blocked the door. They bolted the door with another door so that if the police came, they'd have a chance to get rid of their stuff. And I sat and watched these young ladies, praise God, shoot up 
one in the neck and the juggler vein. And woo. And I took pictures of this. I almost fainted myself. But oh, the power of Jesus. When we ministered to them and told them, you don't have to live like this any longer. Jesus Christ died for you. He died to break the chain of drug addiction. He died to break the chain of alcoholism. Hallelujah. And if you will let Jesus come into your heart, he will change you. Boy, you should have seen what Jesus did. Hey, hallelujah. Thank you, sir. And that's why it gave me boldness over the years to go anywhere. I go anywhere because Jesus said it and you all sing it. If Jesus goes with me, I'll go. Now, you either, you either mean it or you don't mean it. If Jesus goes with me, I'll go anywhere. Brethren, it's time now for us as I make some changes, praise God, it's time for us to step up to the plate and see people as Jesus sees them. If they're not saved, they're really lost. If they're in our churches and you know they're not saved, they're lost. Don't allow them to go to hell when you know that they're not saved. Hallelujah. And I believe God will bless us. Will you pray for me? Father, we thank you. You've allowed us to share. Maybe the last time, but I give you thanks. Amen. Thank you. Can we celebrate 40 years Bishop Carlos Moody. Let's give him a thunderous hand of appreciation. 40 years, 40 years, 40 years. Not only do we want to show appreciation to Bishop Moody,